Vinyl Verdict's over, bro. Damn. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to Vinyl Verdict. I'm Bell. I'm Jamie. I'm Ploof. And this week we're listening to Ploof's pick. Hooray. And we're recording in a new location. You, can you hear? Undisclosed. Can you hear the new location? I can hear it There's right now. There's neon lights everywhere. Less Joker posters. More vaguely uh, offensive old photos. Yeah, there's trains. I got lots of train pictures in here. Yeah. Train spotting. Great movie. What do we listen to this week, Ploof? You know, today we're going to talk about Marcy Playground and their self-titled debut album. Marcy Why Playground. is it not Marcy's Playground? Uh, it's basically a school. So this actually comes from... Uh, that was a playground. Yeah. Well, I can't remember the name of the exact school, but it was something Marcy, whatever. Anyway, Zog Bogbean is John Wozniak's first band. Zog Bogbean? Yeah, Zog that's Bogbean. A that's a badass name. Yeah, so I don't know why he didn't keep it, because I like it too. Um, anyway, he self-produced an album, and it was called From Marcy Playground, because it's like some elementary school he went to or whatever. And uh, anyway, that album didn't really go anywhere. So It sounds like a, an Irish person saying, like, Lord have mercy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so then uh, they he formed with a few other people in 1996, I believe. And then this album came out in 1997. Crazy. Yeah, so they're a late 90s band. They consist of frontman and guitarist John Wozniak. Not related to Steve. Not, no, definitely not related to Steve Wozniak. Uh, Dylan Keefe on bass and vac- backing vocals. And That's then true. Dan Reeser or Reiser on drums and cool. backing vocals, sort of. Uh, Jared Kotler was actually the drummer for all the songs except St. Joe on the School Bus. And then Dan came in to replace him later because Jared actually prefers producing. He ended up producing the whole album. Oh, wow. Um, And yeah, they're just an alternative post-grunge group. And they're most known for their big hit, Sex and Candy, which was everywhere in 97 and 98. Yeah, it's the only song by this band uh, that I've heard before. Uh, And it's one of those ones that I probably heard when I was like really young because I was, you know... Infantile, very of, young child in the nineties, yeah. and yet it's still like stuck through all this time. I never knew the words sure. until last week. Ploof had been like, "Oh, it's someone who goes like, oh no, 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 no." I was like, "Oh, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that song, and yeah, uh, yeah it's good. It's a good song, and uh, I like the band name. I like the. I like a lot about this. Wow, I, think. I like. I still prefer Zog Bogbean, um, but." You know, it didn't work. So whatever. Maybe Marcy. Maybe changing to Marcy Playground was the was the right way to Zog go. Bog bean. Um, yeah. What people. So they're what you'd call a one hit wonder. What people tend to forget. Extremely so. Yeah. Well, they. <laughs> yeah, actually. They have like several albums though. A few of which are actually pretty good. Like Shapeshifter and MP3 are both decent. Shapeshifter has a great album cover. Yep. Absolutely we, phenomenal. Yeah, we can we can talk about that in a bit. Um, but then Leaving Wonderland in a Fit of Rage came out in like 2009, and it was a mix of good and bad. And then their fifth album was like a remix album. And then Lunch, Recess, and Detention kind of sucked, to be honest. But it's not surprising because it was mostly rarities and B-sides with like two or three new songs. Um, but yeah, I actually fell in love with this band when I was like seven years old listening to it on the radio. And uh, it wasn't until I saw the CD on my dad's shelf later on when I was a teenager that I gave the full album a listen. And I'm glad I did because, wow, I, I love this album. Like, I'll tell you guys right now, it's a, it's a big favorite of mine. Um I ended up finding all their albums after that and diving deep into it. But yeah, I'm going to end up rating it pretty highly. I've actually got the Record Store Day release from 2017 that was limited to 2,500 copies. Really lucky. That was right around when I started getting into collecting records seriously. And I'm just really glad that I actually saw that because 2,500 is a pretty limited run. That's crazy to me. Okay, so I said there's a lot of things I like about this album. I don't think this is a good album. This album stinks. (laughs) I'm I'm really sorry. So I'm shocked that you're saying this is going to be... I'm excited to hear... 
what you like about some of these songs. Sure. Because I find this album is kind of all over the place. Yes. I'm like, really? what is the overarching theme? What is oh, the overarching yeah. genre, even? It yeah. goes from like Jack Johnson to Nirvana to like yeah. other Counting Crows. Like, it's just all kind over of. the place. I'm like, what is happening here? Yeah. And Sex and Candy is like the only. It's like so well produced, and then it goes to other songs that are yeah, definitely the, not. The, it's all the over production the place. quality is all over the place. Sure. Yeah, I don't disagree with like any of that, really. Um, it is kind of all over the place, but I kind of like that about it. Mm-hmm. I also find that while it's all over the place, it flows nicely. Fair enough. And, and, I don't even think so. Oh, really? Yeah. Because oh, like it, it goes from Sex and Candy. Well, I mean, we can talk about it, but Ancient Walls of Flowers to follow that up. I'm like, what is happening here? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I wrote a few notes on this. Um, I made some notes on critical reviews at the time. Um, Those uh, were all over the place too. Yeah, some uh, of them were so, like it's amazing, and some were like it's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I wrote that this album was propelled for, forward by the infectious hit "Sex and Candy," but the rest of the album is ju- just okay, bordering on maybe not okay. Um, Rolling Stone panned the musicianship on the album. And LA Weekly said that this was the twelfth worst record to come out in the nineteen nineties. Yeah, uh, the review goes on to say that aside from the two singles, uh, the rest of the album is folksy, opiate obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do I think about it? It's just okay. Um, the album has at least three songs that reference opium, which is mm-hmm. a choice. Um. One of them very directly. It's titled Opium. Yeah, it's literally called, and then the first one's called Poppies. Yeah. Um and it's all about the opium, the opium trade. trade. Yeah. yeah. Uh the band went on to release the follow-up album Shapeshifter. Uh the album went absolutely nowhere. Yep. And reviews for it are somehow even less kind than this album. Yeah. But it has a great album cover. Um but in local news, the lead singer John Wozniak bought Mushroom Studios in Vancouver. He did. After recording the album there. Yep. And then he moved it to Toronto. Yeah, I've actually uh, seen him live. Uh, they came here and like they played 2011 or something like that. So I went and saw it. Great show. It was at the Biltmore. Really yeah. good time. Um, uh, fun fact about Mushroom Studios: um, they Hurt rec- uh, recorded the album Dreamboat Annie there. Hurt uh, Hurt ah. is really cool. Um, That's anyway. pretty cool. And there you go. Yeah. So there's your historical notes from Jamie today. Thank you, Jamie. You're welcome. <laughs> fact check that. <laughs> I just I don't know I, I a bunch of this is coming from like what I wrote at the end to kind of justify my high rating mm-hmm. a lot of it's just I, I like the dreamy imagery um, a lot of it resonates with me personally um, just on a lyrical level and then part of it is actually nice how simple some of the uh, musicianship is because um, it was really easy for a lot of my friends when we were teenagers uh, to pick up an acoustic and like play this song while we're just chilling you know mm-hmm. I wrote you know? I was going to write down on one of the songs that this, I bet, would have been a very popular campfire song. Totally. Had this band been popular. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like it kind of, I, like I was one of the first people in my kind of group of friends to really get into it. But um, eventually, yeah, some of these were like staples for if we weren't doing anything and we're just sitting around hanging out, we would someone would pull out a guitar and we'd start singing like uh, One More Suicide or Sherry Frazier or, um, <laughs> you know, Ancient Walls of Flowers or something like that. So... Uh, also another way this reason this album kind of resonates with me is I loved the cartoon Daria 
and I'm pretty sure at least St. Joe on the School Bus and Sherry Fraser are both featured uh, as, as at least as snippets um, on yeah. that show. And so that was just another like core memory kind of thing. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's just, I don't know. I dig it. I like his voice. I I like the lyrics and the imagery that he presents. Um, and so I'm a big fan. I, I, I would never say that it's like, oh, the most impressive album I've ever heard or anything like that. I don't think that the like any of the instruments are particu- particularly impressive. I do like some of the solos and I like the drumming quite a bit. But um, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's one of those like core memories. You, you know what's, what I found weirdest about this album, Bloof? Sure. Um, so John Wozniak's father is like a developmental psychologist at Bryn Mawr College. That's cool. And a magazine approached him. I forget who it was, Rolling Stone or whatever. After Sex and Candy had been number one for like 10 weeks or something like it, that. It, 15 weeks it lasted. Yeah, yeah. Which was a, a record After at the it was time. on there for 10 weeks, they called him up and was like, can you psychoanalyze what your son was writing about? <laughs> And he's like, well, it's like one of those like you want to have sex with your mother songs, you know, like one of those, you know, like like a he like Dad, Freudian. Stop. Yeah, and and so I don't know. That was probably the weirdest thing I read about this this whole thing. Sure, that's pretty weird. Everything everything else about this album is like completely rote. Um, it it very it very much feels like indie band makes first first album because mm. it is indie band makes first album of the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it definitely sounds like from the time, and I and I do agree that a lot of the songs are kind of all over the place in terms of like, oh, this is like more grungy and this is more folk and whatever. Like we talked like, about that when we we talked about the Bare Naked Ladies, Gordon. But then it goes to like first. child song. Like yeah. I feel the last two, I'm like these are just like kids songs. It's very mm-hmm. weird. Oh, the last two? I think you mean uh, like Dog at His Master, probably. Sure, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll sure. get into it. Give him a last listen, but I definitely felt like this was pretty. It, it's just all it's weird and sure. there are some gems in there but it's a very weird album sure should we give it a one last listen <laughs> yeah it's that's like signature listen. me i love weird stuff Poppy. who's that lounging in my chair what an album <laughs> what an album it is an album so i actually i think it's definitely it's like front and back heavy and then the middle is a is kind of lame I'll, I'll i'll admit that um but i think like poppies is a really great opener. Yeah. It has it has a good riff. Yeah, it's got a great puppies. guitar riff. <laughs> it's uh it's like puppies from uh Primus. Is it Primus that too puppies? many puppies? Too many. Yeah, too many puppies. Um yeah, puppies. I don't know. I, I think the lyrics are kind of neat. Uh it's all about finding puppies and opium and about catchy. the trade back then. It is extremely upbeat about a song about how people eventually became addicted to heroin. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the riff is really good. Yeah, it's head banging along. Yeah. And you know, you had to learn about the history of opium while having fun. Yeah. It's hard to complain. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a good length of song. It start, I started to lose interest and the song ended like right then. I was like, oh. 
a, a lot of these songs I didn't even realize until like actually stopping and, and reviewing it. Uh, most of them were like three minutes or under three minutes or just yes. over. They're all about that length. Thank goodness. And yeah, it's a short album. It's only like 36 minutes long or something like 34, that. 34, yeah. Bliss, 34. Blissfully. Yeah. Hey, you know, you give me a long album, I give you a short one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like how the chorus is like really simple but effective. I like the whole just poppies. And, mm. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a good track. I like I like poppies quite a bit. But the real bangers, the second song. This is, is the only reason oh, yeah. we're all here. Yeah, people bought this album just to get this single. Oh yeah, and if you look at Spotify, this has like two hundred million plays or something, and all the rest of like a million or two. Surprised even that and, I... the the ancient walls of flowers has accidental listens because people click on the album mm. Mm, probably yeah and then forget to hit stop probably i do like that song has a quick start sex and candy yeah mm-hmm. yeah just like and, yeah he just gets get right started. into it yeah hang and around. uh yeah. i mean it has a great great chorus has been stuck in my head for like decades now right? literally which is crazy yeah it's... Uh, lots of slang that i don't understand but it's fun stuff to listen to lyrically yeah like the disco suede shoes or whatever and yeah 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 disco superfly <laughs> disco superfly yeah um I really like the guitar riff that goes along with the lyrics for the chorus. Mm-hmm. Ding, 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 ding. It's just, that's great. Uh, I don't know about the, the double chorus to end the song. Is it kind of wears down the sure. catchy chorus? I don't think it ruins it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, oh, okay. Like, I like the chorus, but do I need to hear it back to back? Because it's kind of decently long. So, yeah. so this song was number one for 15 weeks on the modern rock chart. And in, in Canada, it went to number two. Oh, what beat it out? I have no idea. <laughs> probably some Backstreet Boys. You don't have the chart? Actually, uh, yeah, I don't probably, have handy, probably actually. Backstreet Boys, Boys Britney Spears, maybe Barely Naked Ladies, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Prozac? This, hey, oh. maybe. The success of the single <laughs> led to it being called a one-hit wonder and a career killer Dang. by both the music press and the band's own record label. Yeah, that's, um, that's fair. Everyone wanted sex and candy. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Wozniak made a remark that uh, he would sell the rights to the song for a million dollars uh if someone offered it to him and three different record labels offered him a million dollars and he took it yeah good for him um so he took a million dollars and seven hundred and fifty thousand for the contribution of making their second album hell yeah take the money and run um and the whole thing is based around a a remark uttered by the roommate of the girl he was banging in college Oh, where'd you find that? I actually like looked it's just up on like Wikipedia or was something. It? Wikipedia. I saw it. Yeah. Ah. I left it for you to say. I was like, "This is Ploof's pick. He can say the fun." I honestly didn't know. I know a bunch of stuff about some other songs, but I didn't. I've never known what. So he was this dating a girl who went to Bryn Mawr College. He didn't. I don't believe he went to Bryn Mawr, but he went. He was dating a girl that went there. Sure. And <laughs> I love this information you can find out about. Like this guy's not even. I wouldn't even right? say celebrity. Yeah. yeah, we know where this girl he was banging went to school. But he, told, right? he, he lays it all out on on the page uh, on, in, in his audio book, Sex and book. Candy. Sex and Candy, the audio book. Um, anyway. <laughs> the commentary for this song. <laughs> Why are there no commentary tracks for albums? Uh, I was writing this as I was banging a girl <laughs> yeah. at college. We were eating candy and having sex. It smelled like sex and candy. Mm-hmm. Ancient Walls of Flowers. She was lounging in a chair. Ancient Walls of Flowers, playful song. Yeah. I really like singing along to this one. I really dig the guitar solo about halfway through, and I think the drumming is really solid. Um, I don't have a ton else to say. I just, I don't know. The song is co-written by Sherry Fraser, the subject of the sixth song. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll get more into it later, but Sherry Fraser was actually his, like, first girlfriend. 
His first love. Because let me tell sure, you, if you got, don't know this fact, he was like in love with her, and I'm pretty sure was like bummed when she got married, and he, he like brings it up as like, ah, yeah, she's married now though. It's like, oh, see okay. you later, Sherry Fraser. Um, I like this song. Yeah. It, I don't know. It feels kind of familiar to me, uh, but it's just so surreal. And the lyrics, I don't think mean anything. Or at no, least they don't to me. But I don't, again, mind that. It just has like a fun sounding words. Yeah. Uh, like the last song. Yeah. I, uh, I took the opposite um, position where I said this song kind of sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing to back that up? You're just going to let nope. put that out there? No, nope, just kind of sucks ass. Yeah, you know, I, okay, so we've there, there was a bit of a gap between recording the second episode of this season and this one. Yeah, no I've inside baseball. To, no more of that. Whatever, sorry. Jeez, sorry. <laughs> uh, ploof move. That's why it's recorded at my house now. Yeah. Um, but I've listened to this album multiple times now. Me too. Just to refresh to myself. It, yeah, I've been listening to it in my car. And this song is the most forgettable. Oh, man, but that guitar solo, that like classic guitar solo halfway yeah, through. Ding, 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 ding. I love that one. Um... Like I've been playing games and and having this on in the background and it, whatever it's it's okay music to murder people too so wow <laughs> you know so uh, Saint Joe on the school bus yeah I'm pretty sure this one was featured on Daria as just like you know five ten seconds of music as she mm-hmm. changes scenes or something I like that show Daria was fine yeah Daria was great did you know it has a lot of seasons I yes thought, apparently I did not um, know that I thought it only had the one season uh, this is a, a a bit of a weird grunge song yeah it's not bad I like the way he sings. Aunt Mary. <laughs> yeah. It actually kills me because I like to sing along to this song and I can never remember when he says Aunt Mary or Aunt Mary. Uh, and so I always Aunt get, Mary. Aunt yeah, yeah. Like it he changes constantly so I can never remember where it is. So I always screw it up. I like the instrumental at the two minute mark as well. Goes yeah. And poor little St. Joe getting bullied hard. Yeah. The and whole the, the, the ant being like they're demons. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's their they it's do, a it's got the darkness there. <laughs> they got darkness in their eyes and in their mind. So. so so this song has like a vaguely Nirvana tone to it. Yes. But not in a good way. Like, I don't mind it. it. I like it. It's I like, like Dollar Store Nirvana. I think what it is is the way he's singing. Sure. It yeah. seems very derivative, yeah, but I don't mind. Yeah. Um Yeah. This Even one... like the little guitar riff is almost like come as you are. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. Sort yeah. of. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. It's literally just about riding the school bus and dealing with bullies and getting sicked on. So the musical press tried to pick up that like the idea that they were sort of like a Nirvana like band, but this is the only song on the album that sounds vaguely like yeah. a Nirvana song. Yeah, everything else. I wouldn't even call these guys grunge. Like post grunge is yeah. kind of correct, but even then, it's more like indie folk with a bit of grunge thrown well, in. Yeah, like a folk rock almost. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. songs. I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know. There's some songs I would definitely say are more grunge. Sure. I, like, I sure. wouldn't say this is... Oh, yeah. Like like the last couple are definitely more I think grungy. The than, definition yeah. of what grunge is has changed so often. That's fair, too. And like, we, we, like look at all the like the people who are bringing, tr- trying to bring back new metal. And like Please. new metal is... What's that? I saw Sugar Ray defined as new metal, and I was like, that's messed up. Yeah, that is messed up. Because Sugar Ray doesn't sound anything like Sugar new Ray? Yeah. New metal? What and, the and hell? Somehow people think Incubus is new metal, and like yeah. that's only like half true. Yeah, like I can see the connection like there. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, this kid's getting bullied. It <laughs> the stinks. Deftones. Yeah. They're, they're devils. The, I uh, like the solo near the end. Um, it's one of the longer tracks at three minutes, 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I think it does get a little bit repetitive near the end, but I don't know. Since it's so short, it's not really a big deal. Mm-hmm. 
Up next is a cloak of elven kind, the D and D song. Yeah, yeah. I I love it because I love D and D, and I was always like worried about being picked on because I liked D and D as a kid in the nineties and the early two thousands. Kind of romantic sounding. A little bit, eh? Yeah, but I think it's that romanticism with like, I don't know, childhood and and like your fantasies. But then and... the bridge is weird. It's just like I know something about you. Oh I yeah, I know something about you. Yeah, it's, that... like, what the hell? it's got kind of a cool plotting tone to it, though. Like, yeah. I, uh, like the. The actual tone of the song is pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Like Close this could be what was a somersault? No, so, it's like that weird could, kind of romancey. Yeah, I could kind of see breathy, where you're going with summer with somersault though. Yeah, uh, I don't know how it fits with every other song. Like it's sure. just randomly a D and D song. Sure, which doesn't really fit with anything else so far, or that really comes after. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, no, I fully agree. Um, I think that that's kind of one of the weak points about the album is John just had a lot of interests and he just kind of wrote about all of them. Yeah, it's so, kind of like they just wrote a bunch of songs or a cure something we like. Yeah, I mean, I think two of them are from Zog Bogbean. I think uh, Sherry Fraser and Dog and His Master are both from Zog Bogbean. But um, <laughs> such a good name. I know it kills it's like me. Like a Harry Potter character. Oh, that's great. But yeah, I don't know. I like the lyrics and the imagery quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm also like a big D and D nerd, so what do you I think, Jamie? Just connect it's to fine. It. it is probably one of the more fine songs in this part <laughs> of the album. All right, well then we get Sherry Fraser. <laughs> we're I, back to this like kind of indie. It even kind of feels almost like modern indie pop rock. Yeah, like it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's a really cute song. I like the idea of just being sim, uh, smitten and seeing stars around. You know, whoever. and then it's Alice in Wonderland, though it's very mm. random. I I do admit it's I like, have why? never understood the Alice in Wonderland <laughs> reference. No, I'm I think either. it's just like an opium, another opium uh, callback because um, Lewis Carroll apparently took a lot of laudanum, mm. which is just opium in like liquid form. Well, it's like opium and liquor together, apparently. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I, I even wrote, like, I think the reference is fine, but I also don't really get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is about John's first girlfriend and yeah. his first love when he was 15. Where have you gone, Sherry Fraser? Yeah. Sherry Fraser. Where have you gone, we miss Joe you. DiMaggio? Yeah. This is another one. Yeah, I really like this one, too. I just like singing along to it. I think that's the thing, is I get really sold on, like, catchy songs that I can sing along to easily. Certainly. Um, the song's... Okay, I wrote the song "Sucks" with a bunch of U's. It's okay. It doesn't suck. It's it's whatever. You know, Jamie, you're pretty harsh opening, but most of these songs, you've just been like, "Yeah, it's okay, I guess." Yeah. No, like like my my total review is this album is fine. Oh, okay, like sure. Song. So I'll it take is I'll okay. take the sucks note. I don't. I'm not a fan. Share Fraser. Sure. Yeah, it, it it sucks. But it doesn't suck. Yeah, not eight years. <laughs> yeah. Gone Crazy is good, though. Yeah, I, I really it's like... fun. Yeah. I'm all for songs with no meaning, but the writing on the song is terrible. I have no idea who Molly mm. is. Uh, I think it's one of the more... For me, it's one of the more forgettable songs, but I never skip She's it. She's gone to Spain. She's gone with Venus to watch the rain. Right. It's like, okay. But I, you... I really like the lead-in at the start. Um, it's a very playful intro. Yeah. And it's easy to listen to. Yeah. But like Jamie said, I don't remember it because it's so easy to listen to that it's just gone. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. I, and the, I, and the, the writing is not particularly memorable. Yeah, I think that's maybe one of the reasons why it's so easy. It's like, it doesn't mean anything. It just... It's just fun words, words that rhyme. Yeah. I, yeah, it's I like, fully agree. I took the train. It went to Spain. There was rain. Yeah. And the next song is just called Opium. Yeah, this one's a sad song is sad. Is Opium blue? 
I don't know. I don't <laughs> think it think is. So. I think it's black. Is Poppy's that? red. So yeah. He's got uh, a good point. <laughs> I like the song, but it's one of the only tracks that I skip sometimes. You gotta love a good phone call vocal effect. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I mean, do. Honestly, I'm such like, a sucker for the song. Like is that. either about being depressed or it is literally just about opium. I think it's both. Is opium a downer? Uh, I mean, it's basically heroin. It's so like a heroin a downer, right? I mean, is heroin a depressant? Yeah, because it slows you down, doesn't it? Isn't it does. It, it doesn't literally yeah, numb so your we- nerves? Yeah, it's so weird how things are called depressants in yeah. the, op- yeah, the uh, stimulants. Final verdict is straight edge, so we don't Total, know. Yeah, definitely yeah, straight Yeah, definitely edge. straight edge. It is a pretty okay song. Yeah. It's pretty haunting with the bridge just being him singing mom over Ma- and over again. Yeah, like he's about to die or something. Yeah. Yeah. I like the reverb on the guitar and bass. really fits the subject matter and everything, but... Uh, I do skip this one sometimes if I'm just not feeling that down. Around two minutes, it hits a real suck-ass, like, Smashing Pumpkins, like, riff. Oh, yeah, I could totally, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, like, suck-ass. Like, like they're trying to, like, do a song in the style of Smashing Pumpkins, who were extremely popular at the time. Yeah, I still like it. Funny enough, I don't like Smashing Pumpkins that much. But what about Billy Corgan on a r- roller coaster? I mean, Billy, <laughs> you know... <laughs> One more suicide uh, on an upbeat note. One more suicide. Yeah, it's just a line of suicides. It starts referencing a past suicide. Yeah. Then he commits suicide, and then his mom commits suicide and leaves a note. Well, she cries. Yeah. She, she doesn't actually. Never says she goes into the river like the other ones. But well, uh, you get some cello on this one, oh, like Ron unplugged yeah. in New York. I love the cello. I think it fits very nicely. Um, I don't know. I love this song, but I've just. I don't know. I was depressed as a kid, so it kind of resonated. You're depressed as an adult. Eh, nah, I'm good now. Oh. It's uh, it's a bummer. I like the strings. Yeah, I get out of the two thirty. I think it's a good length, and yep. I like the evolution of the instruments to match the hypnotic and repetitive lyrics. Yep. I don't know if I want to listen to it again, but I did enjoy the song, and probably wouldn't go out of my way to skip it. Yeah, fair. Yeah. But I also don't plan on listening to this whole album again. It- so tells the story in a very tasteful way yeah i thought yeah it's really sad and it doesn't try to like it doesn't romanticize it doesn't romanticize a bit of ween there's something about like the the vocals and the kind of hypnoticness when he's singing one more suicide yeah that i'm like huh it reminds me of some of the stuff from the mollusk sort of dreamlike you're right yeah 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 it's psychedelic and i think maybe that's just all it took to remind me of ween certainly let me get dog and his master this is like the only song on the album that I, actually, I could actually kind of do without. The song is completely forgettable. Yeah, sometimes I skip it. It's like fun and a nice change of pace after the previous two tracks, but... Mm. Uh, yeah, the song stinks. Yeah. It's weird. The instrumental's catchy. Yeah. But it's just like based on children's stories and songs for some reason. Pretty yeah, much. it's like so- uh, stories with Dick and Jane, all those ones. Yeah. The only thing I like is the line, you can be any way that you want to be, but how I'll be... That's up to me. I actually, I love that one, and I love singing along to it. It's great. It's catchy. I, but it's the only part of the song I like as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. Like that part is awesome. That's up to me. But it's all. It's also short. It's just over two minutes. So whatever. Um, my big thing is I like that he changed the one little, two little, three little Indians into idiots, so that I don't ever feel like weird listening to it in front of people. True. Because that's what that's what that that little mm-hmm, children's mm-hmm. rhyme used to be. Mm. So I'm glad they changed it. The Shadow of Seattle. I love this one. Sucks. Oh man, how do you hate Shadow of Seattle? It's so good. Yeah, I liked it. It I don't I didn't love it, but I liked it. I like the bass line in this one. Oh, it's fantastic. I love the drum and the bass on this one. Yeah. 
the guitar lead in is fantastic. Um, this is probably my second favorite track on the whole album. Gross. Yeah, and, I like the way they end the verses with light, 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 and lies, lies, lies uh, for the first and second verses, yeah. respectively. One thing that I don't know if you guys uh, got this on Spotify, but they on Spotify actually cuts the last like five seconds, and there's yeah. this really like frenetic oh. solo kind of thing at the, at the very end of it, and I don't know why they cut it out, but it's on like my record and my... Oh, weird. Yeah, it's cut out of the... The Apple it's cut out the Apple Music version too. Yeah, it's so weird. I don't know why. Because um, I, I really listening to things on Apple Music because I got a free trial when I accidentally connected a pair of AirPods. Let's Enjoy go. the uh, high quality. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> why do you why do you hate Shadow of, <laughs> of Seattle, Jamie? I did, I just thought it was forgettable. Like the like the song is technically fine. You write the baseline is pretty good. Oh, so good. I'm not I'm not enamored with the lyrics. Um, and, and, and to that end, I I wouldn't put it on as a oh i'm gonna listen to some marcy playground mm. although the spotify dj thinks i love marcy playground now. hell yeah because you listen yeah. to it so many times i don't yeah. like the sour end to this one though oh it, this like, one it matches the lyrics which is like the dry and forgotten town and just kind of like melts away from really quickly oh i thought you were talking about the it vampires doesn't though it goes it does that and then it goes i don't think i'd like that either oh i love it i think the ending's really good but the real ending um, then, uh, yeah, Vampires of New York. Vampires of New York. This is another favorite of mine. I just really dig the imagery. Um, I think the instrumentation is fine. They do the same thing Prozac does, though. They just name things that are in New York. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, and, and that, the Prozac song is better. Nos. And Nos, who else yeah. did that? We did a yeah. couple albums. In all fairness, John, I believe, is from New York, or he lived there for a long time. So it's not like he's someone who... Like doesn't even live there at least, yeah. so he's at least like seen these things and is recalling memories, and probably not just like let me look up New York really quick and write about the popular stuff in it. But I do agree, he's just, like come check out Eighth Street After Dark and and whatnot. But yeah, it's a weird song, and the whole album's weird, and it's a weird sudden ending. Yeah, it's a weird end to the album as a whole. I do like how the first line is the final verse where he reads it really fast, or maybe she's already dead and maybe she's gone to, to Mars. Mars. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> but the rest of the song I don't like, and I forget it's here. And both this and the last song kind of feel like grand fiction when that hasn't again been a theme or topic that's come sure. up. So I'm just like, okay. Yeah, I, I do agree that like while I love these two songs, I think that they're like almost tacked on or, or something or like if they cut a couple other songs it would make a lot more sense he said that uh in an interview that they had re- like 18 songs to put on this album and they chose the best 12 all right and I'm, now i'm trying to wonder what are the six ones that they cut oh i'll tell you they're on the i mean i actually don't know which one specifically but they're probably on the b-sides and rarities album that sucks like, admittedly, I hate that album. Oh, I, I remember when it came out, like, 2011 or something. I was like, this album sucks. B-side. This band isn't good enough to re- require a B-side. No, I agree. Like I, like, I I, agree. They were not good. And I like a lot of B-sides and rarities from other bands. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I remember that album came out, and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> Straight up. And I love this band. Like, <laughs> I've had that happen, too. That was me with the new Jungle album. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, this stinks. Yeah. Um, but I actually really like the end line and how they end it. Please watch your step as you're getting off, kids. I don't know. I think it's, it's just fun. weird. It, again, it doesn't. It's not. It feels like a kid song. Kind uh, of, somewhat. It feels like he's real giving a tour. To feel adult I was kind of like imagine him giving a tour through New York yeah, late at night or something. Thing. Come see the vampires of New York. Look yeah. at their Central Park. It's like 
Okay. Yeah. Like Jamie said, it's like an educational song where you're teaching yeah. about the different things in New it's York. It's an amendment to be such peculiar people. You'll remark. Ha ha. Yeah. So that's the album. Well, let's talk about the record itself. Sure. Um, so the album art's kind of weird. I it, love it. Yeah, I, I like it's it too. Neat. Yeah, it looks like a ring of posies around some clay head. It, and it's a, like a little caveman. He's got a weird shape like, yeah. in there. It looks like the cover of a Primus album. To- oh my it god, like, it does! It looks like German nine eight five for all the people for the four people out there who wow. also watch Twitch streams. <laughs> yeah, it's it does a, look like a Primus album cover. Also, that's very mm-hmm, funny. Right, it's got clay on it. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's like a clay head with a posy ring around it in mm. a window with some color squares behind it. I prefer the back. I like the two little the heads two? spliced. Yeah, yeah. The g- what looks like a guy and a girl. I thought that was cute too. So yeah, the back is a man and a woman clay heads with the track lists on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, the jackets have the lyrics on them, which is always a plus and the pictures of the band, uh, the labels. What is really nice is the labels on the just plain black records are nice in that they have uh, track lists on each side, oh, nice. which is always a plus. I like yes. it when they got those, especially when they're numbered. So I know exactly where they are. Um, otherwise it's pretty ordinary. Is there any sleeves in the, in it for the record store day or whatever? Um, I don't know if there were sleeves exactly, but it, I, it came with a seven inch 45 that has a couple covers. Hall- oh, Hallelujah oh. by Leonard Cohen. And oh, then God. the needle and the damage done by Neil Young. Oh, okay. I'll get behind that. Um, well, I mean, I get the hallelujah. So we'll just put the, Hey, just cut it in half, right? Yeah. That's how 45, seven inches work. People yeah. really like the, the Jeff Buckley cover of hallelujah. Just a good song. No, it Everyone so likes a Gary Jules cover of Mad, Mad World. World. With, uh, oh, people don't like yeah. the Tears of Fear. Yeah, that's your fault that for working Gary, on Gears of War. Yeah, you're right. It is, man. That song's great though. Is <laughs> didn't didn't Leonard Cohen take like years to to write Hallelujah too? It took like ten years or something. Just open the Bible. Why bro? do they play that at Christmas now? That's what I wonder. Yeah, it's, it's not a Christmas weird. song. No, they it's because it's not. religious. You know. Yeah. Um, is it though? Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's not really listen to Hallelujah. Well. Song sucks. He's out here casting stones. <laughs> Song sucks, dude. Well, Jamie, you have strong feelings. Why don't you tell us your vinyl verdict? Well, hold Six. on. Whoa, 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 hold on. I was going to say, I paid a boat. You guys oh, are, yeah. oh, oh, are going to balk. You guys yeah. are going to oh, be Oh, yeah, because I, I tried to look this up. It's like, no, I could not find a single thing on the, the vinyl. Yeah, because it's like, it, like I said, 2,500 copies, record store day release. I'm sure it's worth somewhat. I paid. It's worth 20 of dollars. I think, I think with shipping, I paid like 70 bucks for it. Jesus. With shipping. Right. But uh, it now goes for like two or $300 on Discogs. Sell it, man. Get rid of Get it. Rid no of way. It. I love this album. It's Roll like it a out. cornerstone of You better my display youth. it. Turn it into a bowl. Like, do something really different. No! <laughs> oh, my God. Ruin it? I will kill you. You should have it in display because I like the cover. Yeah, it's it's neat, hey? Yeah, yeah. it's like unsettling. I just, I just think, think it's neat. neat. Yeah, I just think it's neat. <laughs> yeah. So, it goes for 300 You paid uh, $70. $70. That's $35 too much for the sum. And that's 70 shipped. So that's it was, so much. It was like 40 plus shipping. That's so much, man. Yeah. That's a lot of money for a twelve-track album with two good songs on it. Hey, <laughs> yeah. That now sells for two or three hundred bucks. Or All right, Jamie. Now that you have this knowledge of how much you paid and how much it's worth, it's a six out of thirteen. I'll see you guys next. Oof. Week. Six out of thirteen. Um, it's our okay. So that's uh, if you're keeping track at home, that's our number three album for the season. Um, I would not pay seventy dollars for it. I would not own this on vinyl. It's it doesn't deserve a spot in my record collection. Um, the single is extremely infectious. Uh, the other single, which was St. Joe in the schoolyard is just fine. It's whatever. It didn't chart because it's not very good. Um, the, the album as a whole is very uneven and boy, I don't know, dude. Um, 
it is not it's not offensive though like it's not offensively bad you could tell that they tried really hard um it's just like the the single is so good it makes everything else bad sure that's yeah fair because i mean single's really good it was really a it, the 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 musical press was right it is a career killer like yeah. you put out you come out hot it's what else like, what if do? what if boston only had one good i mean song? that's true it's like especially the second song like i said it's just even sounds produced better yeah like it was just so different it's pronounced produced so much better someone realized they like, had wow. a radio friendly unit shifter with this one and they just ran with it and, and it, he sold it for a million bucks i can't blame him for a million dollars i wish i could sell a song for a million dollars uh Plouf, why don't you go ahead sure you know, I really enjoy just how dreamy the album is at times. I like the opium themes, even though a lot of people don't. Um, the drumming with all the cymbal work, I think, is really solid. None of the instrumentation is super technical or difficult, but that, like I said before, it actually helped a lot of my friends kind of learn it as acoustic songs, and so we just play them when we are just chilling and doing nothing. Um, but more than anything, it just holds a ton of memories for me at many stages of my life, because like, I remember listening to Sex and Candy on the radio when I was like seven or eight years old. I remember finding the CD when I was a young teenager. Um, some songs like One More Suicide and Opium, I definitely connected with quite a bit in my early 20s and late teens. And I just, I don't know, I love this album. I can listen to it front to back. I can sing along to basically every track. Um, I give it like a nine and a half out of 10. I would even be, honestly, if I saw this for like two or 300 bucks, I would even still be tempted to buy it at the inflated market price. So I'm just glad that I didn't. And I have one of the 2,500 copies. That is wild. Right? Wow. Crazy. I mean, I have those albums too that I pick and you guys don't get. How much did you pay for Gordon? Not that much because I got it in auction. Yeah. I I probably paid like 30 bucks. Uh but we all kind of generally enjoyed Gordon. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Well, definitely not as strong feelings like this one. Sure. For me, uh, I have no idea what this album was trying to achieve. Maybe it wasn't trying to achieve anything other than sharing songs that the band liked, but I think it needed more cohesion. Mm-hmm. I think the album's worth a listen if you like grunge <laughs> or kids' song folk rock. Do you like opium? If you like opium. If you don't like grunge... And you don't like indie, folk, pop, rock, both at the same time. I don't think this album is for you. Sure. <laughs> because it switches genres quite a few times. So if you like one but not the other, you're going to hit songs that you don't like from the one. And then you'll find ones that you do like from the other genre. So I don't really know. If you don't haven't heard Sex and Candy, oh, definitely listen to that one song. Uh, but everything else is pretty hard to broadly recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going on the third spot, which is the bottom spot. Underneath yeah. Lamb Lies Down on Broadway and Hot Show. It's not an awful album, don't get me wrong. It's just missing another key song. Like, it needs another absolute banger, uh, or it needs to be half as long but consistent, uh, as I would find myself getting into a groove just for it to shift to, if it was an like, eight- a romance song about D&D yeah. or a song about a dog and kids. And I'm like, that's not what I want to hear right now. If this album was 18 minutes long, would you like it? Oh, I bet it's a fire two EPs. <laughs> I bet if this was two EPs, it'd be great. And, you know, it's like Yeji's, where we listen to EP1 and EP2, and EP2 right. is so strong so that EP1 better. looks so much weaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's the same here, where the songs that are good make the other songs look so much worse yeah, or forgettable. Like poop, so, yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, disagree with, like, anything you guys are saying. I, I think you're all correct. I just, I love this album. I don't know. Yeah, fair. Uh, and this next week, next week we're picking from Jamie's collection. Yeah, Jamie, why don't you tell us? Around to that. Yeah, why don't you tell us what we picked? 
Uh, so we picked Elvis Costello's My Name is True. That was Ploof's pick. So good. And uh, Bell, you picked ELO's, or the Electric Light Orchestra's, uh, A New World Record. Also uh, yeah. good. And I picked it because Living Thing is a yeah. fire song. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will uh, spoil it for everyone and say there are no bad songs in either of those albums. See you next week. See you next week. See you later. Bye.